What's up, everybody? It's your pal, Val, and welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Val. Thank you all so much for tuning in and joining the show today. We have another interesting episode ahead, and I'm excited to introduce the guest. But before we do that, we're going to begin the show in the same way that we always do, and that is through a song. So our guest today has requested the song called No Children, and it is by the Mountain Goats. So without further ado, just sit back relax and enjoy the song. I hope that our few remaining friends give up on trying to save us. I hope we come up with a fail-safe plot to piss off the dumb few that forgave us. I hope the fences we mended their own way, and I hope we hang on past the last exit, I hope it's already too late, and I hope the junkyard a few blocks from here someday burns down, and I hope the rising black smoke carries me far away, and I never come back to this town again, in my life, I hope I lie, and tell everyone you were a good one. Shaving tomorrow I hope it bleeds all day long Our friends say it's darkest Before the sun rises We're pretty sure they're all wrong I hope it stays dark forever I hope the worst isn't over And I hope you blink before I do And I hope I never get sober And I hope when you think of me Years down the line You can't find one good thing to say And I'd hope that if I found The strength to walk out Stay the hell out of my way I am drowning There is no sign of land You are coming down with me Hand in unlovable hand And I hope you die I hope we both die So that was No Children by the Mountain Goats. Very interesting song choice. But before we get to describing that, let's introduce our guest, R.A. Drake. Say hello. Hi. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Do you want to give just like a brief who you are, where you're from type deal? Sure. My name is Drake. <laughs> I use she, her pronouns. Uh, I'm from Orange County, New York, which is in the middle of nowhere. So if you don't know where it is, that's totally cool because... I wouldn't know if I didn't come from there. Um, and I'm majoring in English and philosophy. Wow. So and you're also a senior. And I'm also a senior. That's true. Which is honestly the first senior we've had on the show. So, really? Yeah. I'm honored. 
We're diversifying over here. We really are. <laughs> so, why no children? So, it was one of the most unhinged songs that I could think of to start this with. Right. Um, and so, I just thought, if I can be anything, I'm going to be entertaining. And um, that song is, is so entertaining. Um, it's also, I mean, it's about a divorce, and I've never been divorced. Um, Good to know. <laughs> uh, in all my 21 years of living, this chair is squeaky. In all my <laughs> I told you that chair was the squeaky one. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it was actually going to be when I sat down in it. No, it's um, okay. You I chose. I thought I was different. I thought I was not like other girls. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I am. Um, but I've never been through a divorce, and so this is not relatable to me. I don't hope my any of my exes died, for the record, so also not relatable. That's good. That. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, I do think that it's just so intensely sad, and that that feeling of, like, I'm going through a divorce, and I hope my ex dies, like, it can hit you even if you've never gone through that. And I think that that's art. Because pain is a universal experience. Because pain is a universal experience. Wow. Yes. Okay. Well, honestly, the upbeat, you know, song kind of nature, if you were just listening to it and not listening to the words, you know, you might be fooled. So maybe right. it's, a, it's a good sign that at least they're trying to do some type of, you know, they're getting through it. They're getting through it. It's okay. And they made more albums after that, not about divorce. So. Right. But they're still equally sad. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great introduction to what we're going to be talking about today. Um, but let's just get to know you a little bit better. And I told you when we were talking about the show that I had a question for you. Yes. And you were like, what is the question? And I said, I'm not going to tell you. Yep. And now is the time for it to be revealed. It is here now. And I think, so I guess I have to preface this with, I am the type of person who likes to feel out vibes and like just, just gets a sense for energies. Not like I'm clairvoyant, because I'm not saying that. I feel like I know where this is going. <laughs> but I don't really. I have a guess. Continue. I think you're going to be wrong. But when I get your energy, you go by the name of Drake, but I just feel like I should be calling you Caitlin. Why? I don't know. But why do I have that inclination? Does anyone call you Caitlin? No one. Like, my family doesn't call me Caitlin. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes my dad will on very weird days, and I'm always very confused when he does it. Right. But, but he calls you by his own last name, which I think is hilarious. Oh, he does not do that. He... <laughs> <laughs> so, my dad calls me Kate. My okay. My family calls me Katie. Okay. And then here I'm, I'm Drake. Okay. A couple friends from home call me Katie, too. But Good to know. I don't really have many of those, because, you know... Losing touch, high school, and high school was terrible, and, you know, the whole vibe. Wow. Okay, well, I'm definitely guessing that you did not know where this was going, and I completely threw you off, correct? I thought that you were just going to read me to filth, uh, and you did not. So. Read you to filth? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you did not, so no. thank you. Um, no, no, I would not do that. It's like, which secret of mine are you going <laughs> to be able to tell from my very demeanor? Okay, we're not, this is not that type of show. You know, maybe <laughs> down the line in the future we can have, like, an on-air type of, like, tarot reading as you put on my really door fun, actually. in September. Yes. I don't know. I'm not really, I'm not really into that kind of thing. Like, astrology, like, I identify with my zodiac sign, but this is getting off track. Wait, what's your zodiac sign? I'm an Aries. That makes a lot of sense. Doesn't it? Yeah. What is yours? I'm a Gemini. Okay, see, I really don't know anything beyond my own, but I'll say it fits if that makes you happy. Thanks so much. Wow. Okay. Not to I've get been too... told this because I'm unhinged. Okay. Good. 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 
So, is there ever, like, a world where you wouldn't introduce yourself as, like, hey, I'm Drake? Like, are you in the future planning in the professional world to go by your full name? Like, I'm just very curious about this. Honestly, no. Um, I went to an admitted student's day for law school, and I was just like, I'm Drake. Just, that's it. Right. That's, that's all. Um... I mean, I don't know what that's going to look like in a professional capacity, but, like, people go by nicknames all the time in the professional world. You can just be Esquire Drake. Exactly. Uh, Res Life calls me Drake Drake, so there's that. Um, I mean, your last name and first name are synonymous, I guess. Exactly, yeah. They're, like, preferred name, Drake, and last name, Drake, and so in the emails I get Drake Drake. I'm like, okay. That's, that's beautiful. Fine. Um, it's always okay. a little bit funny. So this just seems like a college thing where you were more like, I'm committing to what I like to be called. Yeah, I'm committing to the bit. Good to know. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see, like, if you have any, like, son or daughter-in-laws in the day, and they'll be like, hello, instead of calling you, like, whatever they would call you, it'd just be Drake. Like, I think that would be funny. Yeah. Not presuming that you're going to have children, but... And no children. But let's presume that you do. In a fictional hypothetical world, you have a son or a daughter or whatever... They call you mom. Their said spouse would be like Drake. I don't know. This is getting very unhinged. Yeah, although they would not call me mom, they would call me dad. That's another opinion I have. Would you like to dive into that, or should we just table that for now? We can table it. Okay. Okay. Good to know. So that is definitely very interesting, and um, happy for you, Drake. Thank happy. You We're gonna keep calling you that, but <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no, it's it's what you preferred, and I think it's awesome that people have nicknames and like to go by whatever. You know, I don't think we're going to the DMV to change her name or whatever. Definitely not. But are people usually just like, oh, cool, you're Drake? You know, like, that encounter is, like, great. Got yes. it. Sounds good. Yep. Okay. Sometimes Moving on. Sometimes they're like, um, oh, my God, like, the rapper. And I'm always like, sure. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, happy for you. Um, moving on. <laughs> So let's just get into the fact that you're graduating senior, which I don't want to like, I know that's going to be a tough space for a lot of people, but I feel like you know what your plans are. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm truly fine about it. Okay, good. So I'm really curious to know, like, at this point in your life, what is something that you wish you would have known before, like, starting your college journey? Um, That's a great question. Um... Like, in the college decision process, or just before, like, starting at Fairfield specifically? I mean, I'm specifically interested in just, like, starting right before, but if you have something you wish you would have known, like, not the entire process, but, like, is there something that, unless there's something you really want to bring up, because you can. No, I think, so, for Fairfield specifically, um, I think it would have been good to know that... I would find my niche somewhere, and that, um, not that I'm an acquired, I am an acquired taste, but I already knew that, um, but just that it would take time, like, I'm not going to be one of those people who just finds, like, besties off the bat, like, that's not going to be me, and that's fine, like, just keep looking, keep exploring your options, don't commit to one singular friend group, which I didn't do, but I may not have been as adventurous as I could have been. Um, and then also to to have fun in whatever capacity that would look like for me. Um, That's awesome. That's good. And I think you've definitely done that because I, it's to me, it seems like you have your niche now. Would you agree? Yes, 
and what a good feeling. It's great. <laughs> How long did it take you to get to this point, do you think? So I actually found my current friend group um, in my sophomore year. So oh, nice. my first year I had a group of friends and we were like fine, like we vibed and stuff and whatever, but like there was always kind of the feeling of like, these may not be my like, like my people for right. life. I got like, you. Um, just because I was very like, like I was very much the odd one out. Like they mm -hmm. were all like, um, kind of, you know, like straight white girls. Like, I mean, I'm a white girl, but, um, and I'm just like, yeah, like you all kind of come from the same place. Like it just felt very like, generally this is you and I'm just a very specific breed of person. Um, and so, actually, one friend from that group I do keep in touch with. She's great. She's wonderful. I saw her this weekend. That's and great. Multiple times. And um, so, she's wonderful, but the rest of them, I was just like, you know, it's very, yeah. it's not like that, you know, like that connection. Where, where you, you just know, like, like you're going to be, right. Yes. I understand what you mean. And I think that's great and encouraging for people, because I think the audience is primarily freshmen, and we do talk about that a lot. A lot of people who've been on, it's just like the struggle to find your niche, yeah. So I think it's encouraging that it doesn't have to happen right away or even in the first year. Yes. And sometimes you find multiple niches and sometimes when they converge, it's not a good thing. But sometimes when they converge, it's a really good thing. Um, right. And it all, it really all depends. But um, yeah, I would say my sophomore year is where I found like my real niche. And then junior year, I like really had a great time. This year, those niches combined. Interesting. Yes. It's very weird. And are we doing okay? Oh, we're fine. Good to I'm know. I'm not in the center of any drama, so I'm happy. Um. <laughs> Oof, okay. Sounds like tea. Um, so, okay. Let's get into Fairfield in general. You're from New York. Why here? Uh, I wanted to go somewhere where no one knew me. Okay. Because I, well, also I wanted to go somewhere where I didn't know anyone. Mm -hmm. Because I did not enjoy my high school class that much. Right. Did you go to a small high school? Uh, I went... I, it depends on your definition of small. So, like, I'll ask my friend, like, oh, did you go to a small high school? And she'll be like, yeah, there's 20 people. And I'm like, hello? Um, right. Because for me, I'm like, oh, we had, like, 365 kids, and we all knew each other. Okay. Um, yeah, that's kind of medium size. Part. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and I mean, with college, it's, like, big school, small school, medium school. Like, it's, it's right. very different like it's a different playing mm -hmm. field than high school um, but it was definitely was it like a k through 12 kind of environment where you all moved together yeah so in that case you know you did know quite at least the majority yeah. of people and you just yeah and that's kind of hard because who you present yourself as as a six-year-old is not necessarily who you are at 16 17 18 and yet here you are trying to like make sense of the world whilst you know encountering people that have known you since you were a tiny baby when you yourself didn't even know who you were Right. Yeah, a lot of a lot of mistakes were made in high school by various different people, including myself. I mean, everybody makes mistakes in high school, but it just, it was just all contained in this one bubble. Mm -hmm. And so you couldn't get away from it. Word spread around like wildfire. Like it was just, it was, it was truly bonkers. Um, right. And especially just like living in a town where all of those people cohabitate. Like yeah. you walk outside your house, you see somebody walking along the street or you're going to a store or whatever. You're just going to inevitably run into people. Yeah. It's rough. Um, luckily enough. Well, maybe not luckily. I don't know. 
my I came from like um, a very agricultural rural place in New York. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so like the nearest mall was literally 20 minutes away. Okay. Um, and it's a terrible mall. <laughs> and <laughs> it has like two floors of sadness. And um, two the floors only of the only good yeah. thing is that they have a Target and they okay. have a movie theater. Um, okay. And so I would go to the Target to get snacks for the movies mm-hmm. and sneak them in. Oh, um, nice. And it wouldn't really be sneaking because actually, like, no one actually cares. Yeah, people know about it. You know, it's yeah. a thing. They're very overpriced in the movie theaters. Right. But looking back, do you have any regrets? Are you, like, happy with the decision that you made? Would you, if you could go back, would you change your decision? How do you feel about that? I think if things had worked out differently for me here, I think I might have changed my decision. Um, I mean, not to, you know... Knock the school. Fairfield. Uh, but that's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, there's... I made my, my law school decision a lot differently than I did my college decision because mm-hmm. of all of the things that I did wrong with my college decision. Well, you're learning from your experiences. Yes, and that is a good thing, ultimately. Let's unpack that. Yeah, let's do that. So, I um, don't enjoy how straight, white, and Catholic um, Fairfield is. And, like, upper class. Mm-hmm. Like, it just... Like, <laughs> I mean, like, reverse classes. Like, I'm just like, I need that diversity. Right. And I love hearing different points of view and, like, other people's stories and how they were brought up. And, like, and you can find that between different people who are straight and white and upper class. Like, that's, everyone grew up differently. Right. But at the same time, you're also not getting an extremely wide range of experiences. They're mostly contained. Um, And the way that a lot of straight white upper class people see the world is a lot differently from the way that I see the world. Mm -hmm. Because that's not me. Right. Um, And so I kind of had a moment, like, this was during COVID semester, like COVID, COVID semester. So like 2020. Yeah, my first year. And I had sent my friends at the time, we had like a group chat, there were four people, myself included. And it was when, you know, not to get too political, but that's what I'm gonna do. um, Trump was like doing, you know, stuff about transgender care and trying to ban them from doing whatever. Um, And clearly I care about that. Um, And so I was like, Hi friends, can you like read this, sign this petition because I'm really upset that this thing is happening and I want to try to make sure it doesn't happen because like supposedly we live in a democracy so like let's try to utilize that, we the people, blah blah blah. And no one responded. Mm. And I'm like, y'all know that I'm like out, (laughs) you know who I am, you know my story, like, and it was just very... Like, that was a moment where I was like, oh, I gotta find new people. Mm-hmm. And that was a moment where I became, like, really disillusioned with, like, the general population as well. Um, because even though it was, like, three people, like, they very much fit in with, like, a lot of the molds. Of right. Molds. Like, they could walk anywhere and just, like, fit right in. And Exactly, did, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah. And so I was just like, this is not... Um, this may not have been the best decision for me. Right. Um, but I did find people who care about the things I care about, very diverse friend group. Um, mm-hmm. Started talking to a lot of different people from a lot of different 
backgrounds and really branching out. So I took it upon myself to like seek diverse people, right. whatever that looks like. And um, so for my law school decision, I was like, okay, I need to go to a place where I don't have to find that niche. Like I don't have to seek out diverse, like it's just already there. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, which people do I want to hang out with? Because you know, they're all different and just finding people whose personalities kind of mesh. Right. And knowing that all of those kind of different stories are all around me in a sense. Right. So it's like, it feels less of a conscious effort and more of like, I just want to be friends with this person. Now I want to be friends with this person because of my baggage that I'm bringing. And also the fact that they're not like everybody else, which is, right. it's hard. And I understand where you're coming from with that. And so of all the places that you could have chosen, UMD, University of Maryland, what arrived you at that place in particular, besides what you mentioned? So I actually visited Baltimore on my spring break last year mm. um, with a couple of my friends, and we just loved the city. Mm -hmm. Like, we really fell in love with it. I know it gets a bad rap. I know everyone's like, Baltimore is dangerous. I'm like, all, all cities, cities are, are. dangerous. Yeah. And also, there are a lot of systemic inequities in Baltimore. Right. Um, and so, like, yeah, duh. Like, <laughs> um, and now let's investigate whose fault that is, um, which is a step that a lot of people I don't think want to take. And I think that that is a step that University of Maryland takes. Um, they're really, really involved in their community. Um, they're really focused on providing actual justice to people who, like, you know, may not ordinarily get it. Ordinarily get it, and right? that's wonderful. And, I don't know, just, like, their commitment to the community and underprivileged populations, mm -hmm. I think, is really what drew me there. Um, because, I mean, I love the city, but I can love any city, right? Right. Like, I can move to whatever city and think that it's great. But is the law school also going to serve the city? Am I going mm -hmm. to be doing something and making an actual impact um, in some way, shape, or form for at least, like, one human being? Like, I may not be able to say that for a school like, I don't know, like Boston College, like, mm -hmm. um, who waitlisted me, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I wasn't planning to go there anyway. Uh, they did I you a favor, just, Drake. No, honestly, I kind of just wanted to use them as, like, a AML. financial aid, like, okay. leverage thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I could not. Um, but, yeah, like, that was a really strong draw for me. I think that mm -hmm. was the strongest well, that's awesome. Can we, like, use that to talk about what type of law you want to go into, why you want to be a lawyer, all of that? Yeah, so I want to do public interest law. Um, I actually started my, like, journey in high school. Like, in my senior year, there was this art class that I was in, believe it or not. And I was just, like, talking to all these people because it was so silent. And we were all at this table, and I'm like, I know we all know each other, mm -hmm. but, like why is no one talking and so like we're all just like sitting there doing art in silence and I'm like this is just this is the worst like, we're <laughs> silent in all our other classes like, right we need to have a just like let's be friends mm -hmm. and so I started talking to them about the trolley problem um which for the three listeners who may be unfamiliar with the trolley problem <laughs> um it's like you know, there's a trolley coming at one person. Um, on the other track, there's five people. Um, do you, you know, pull the lever to save the one person and kill the five people, or do you let it keep going and kill the five people and, and save the one person? Um, I don't know. It's fun because it gets really complicated really fast. Mm -hmm. um, 
so I just started talking about that and then I was talking about all these other things and just every day I would come in with like a new question basically <laughs> to like bother people about and someone was like have you ever thought of being a lawyer and I was like honestly no <laughs> um I was like I forgot that that was a job um like so many things happening to me where I'm like oh I forgot that that was an option for me mm -hmm. why not I just do that right like, same thing with being an English major I was like oh my god I didn't know you could major in English right I should just like do that um so I came in as a marketing major and I thought I was going to do corporate law wow yeah and that what no. a transformation I know I went from corporate to public interest um and then I thought I was going to do intellectual property law and work on like trademarks and copyrights um and then I was like mm, but like the world is terrible right now and I should probably utilize the skills that I have to at least attempt to make it a place I would want to live in so public interest <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so that's going to be three years of yes. your life invested in Maryland. Do you think that you would potentially want to stay there, move back up north, I guess? What are you thinking, like, your post, I guess, grad-grad, or post-graduate plans would be? Yeah, I think, I'm thinking of staying in Baltimore. I know at least for, um, like, the rankings of schools that I was looking for, like, I wasn't looking at, like, T14 schools. Mm -hmm. Because, like, first of all, I didn't have the LSAT score. But secondly, why would I do that to myself? True. Like, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, I don't care about, like, competitiveness. Like, I care more about, like, people helping each other. Right. Because we're all in this together. Law school is hard. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of times, if you don't go to a T14, most of your alumni is based in the city that the school is in. Okay. Um, and so, like, the, the lower the rank usually the more regional you get mm -hmm. um not to say umd is a a very low-ranked school because it's actually pretty up there hooray um, yeah Drake. but it's not a t14 and it's mm -hmm. not really close to a t14 but that's cool for me right it's good and it's got a community and you can succeed there and, and i can succeed there like i really just don't have to be at the best school in the world i no. just have to be at the best school for me that's so true so I yeah, but that. a lot of alums are in are in Baltimore um, mm -hmm. or in the surrounding areas, mm -hmm. and so you know networking is a thing that I'm gonna have to do. So um, so you might end up there. Who knows? I might end up there. So but it's I exciting. will keep my options open because it is three years, and a lot can change in three years. That's a really good point. Definitely don't close yourself off to have one idea, and then tunnel vision can yes. you know prevent you from taking great opportunities. So that's awesome, and I'm really excited that you're sharing that because it's something we don't often get to talk about. We get often talk about like what we plan on doing or what we're dreaming about doing, but you're actually at that point where you made it happen, and you're going to be in law school. Is it in August or are you starting? Yeah, yeah August. Okay, that's awesome. So something I do want to take the chance to also ask you about, kind of separate from this, but more centralized to your Fairfield occupation, which is <laughs> being an RA, a resident assistant. And we don't need to unpack it too much, but whatever you really want to say about it, like, let's just get, let's just get that at general overview. What do you have to say? About being an RA? Yeah, sure. Um, it's fun most days. Um, some days it's not, <laughs> but most days it's pretty good. I don't know. I've had a pretty good time being an RA. Um, my residents specifically have always been really, really nice people. Me. Like, so true. Um... 
I don't know, it's fun to watch people grow into themselves and at times, you know, have the honor of helping facilitate that growth. Wow, that's beautiful. So something I want to ask you about was something I've recently become aware of. And I don't know if this is true or not, but we're here to debunk if it's a myth or if it's true. And that is discrimination as an RA. Why is there hate on campus towards an RA? Does it exist? I've heard it does. Can we can we talk about that? Like, do people discriminate against certain RAs? Yes. There are some RAs that are more popular than others. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't call it discrimination, but I would call it, um, like, playing favorites. Okay. Um, there's more chill RAs than others. Everyone has different tactics. Mm-hmm. Um, but some RAs who are either just in the wrong places at the wrong time and have to be put in situations where, like, they have to, um, you know, kind of take care of business because it's their job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes that happens to certain RAs uh, more than others. Um and, you know, some others may just have, like, the chillest nights of duty ever um, and, you know, not get, it, like, the, the perception from the residents is, oh, when this person is on duty, like, no one gets in trouble, they're really chill. Mm-hmm. When it's, like, maybe it's just a really chill night right. and they happen to be on duty mm-hmm. on chill nights. Or when this RA is on duty, everything goes terribly. Like, they're so strict. Mm-hmm. And it's like, maybe it's just that, like, they're in positions where, like, those those types of things just happen to happen on those nights. Or, like, on mm-hmm. their rounds, they just happen to encounter these things. And they have to take care of it because it's a job. Right. Um, and That's there's cameras. Something. Like, people yeah. would be monitoring us, too. Like, yeah. You know, you're getting so. paid to do this, and that's definitely something that's not talked about a lot. Yeah. But as far as just like people hearing that you're an RA, does that like debunk your status as like being a cool person? Because personally, I have found that some of the greatest people on campus are RAs or going to be RAs. Um, but I have heard rumblings around, so let's just say, an RA training about you know if you know you're not being cool. I don't know. That's what I've heard I... in RA training. Mm, I actually kind of disagree with that. Okay. Um, at least in my experience, like, my friends are always really understanding when they're like, you know, when I'm like, oh, I'm an RA. They're like, okay, cool. Do you like it? Like, some days. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really encountered that. That's good. Um, but that's just my personal experience. Like, most times of, like, oh, you know, like, I'm an RA in jokes. Like, I'll just mention it offhand and, like, you know, I'll say, like, something about my residence. Um, or like something that I usually it's like, oh, I'm an RA and the kids are going bonkers this year. Um, and I don't know, usually people are really chill about it. Like, That's they're good. just like, like they're really, they just like take it as like any other story. Like it does, like, as being part of like, like FUSA or whatever. Right. Like I haven't picked up on it being anything that's like, you know, made me seem like different in a negative way to anyone. That's you know? good. Because I have not encountered that up until my past two classes in training when they asked us what are some assumptions about RAs. So maybe those assumptions made by certain individuals were false because I don't think either of us feel like RAs aren't cool. I think they're awesome. Yes. I would. I think that A and RA stands for awesome. Wow. Um, That's beautiful. I do have a question though. Being like a senior living in a freshman residence hall, what is it like just constantly living with people who are younger than you? 
Honestly, I don't notice it too much. Mm -hmm. The only time I really notice it is if, like, I'm getting back from, like, a night with my friends on a weekend or something. Yeah. Um, that's about it. Um, like, I know that everyone's gonna be, like, you know, partying, drinking, whatever. Like, I, that's, that's college. Like, mm -hmm. people do that. Like, it really doesn't matter. Um... It's just, like, making sure that, that people are, are being safe. Um, gotcha. But, I don't know, like, living with people younger than me really isn't, like, that much of an issue. Like, sometimes I prefer... Like, I don't really think of it as an age gap. I just think of it as more like, I'm living all the way across campus and my friends are on the other side. But, mm -hmm. like, I go over there and I come home and it's fine and like I don't have to deal with oh my god there's so many dishes in the sink no one is washing the dishes like I can just take care of myself drama my keep things as clean as I want like right no roommate conflicts for me like so I mean not that my I make it sound like my friends go through like a million roommate conflicts they really don't um but it would never you know, come up it just right like there's no <laughs> chance of that happening and I think that's great mm-hmm so that's good. That's good. And especially because it really only is, like, two, three years. It's not a huge deal. Right. And it's not like, you know, it's like these are the only people that I can hang out with. Right. Like, we say hi to each other, and we say, how's your day? Oh, it's great. And, like, you know, it's not like I'm living with toddlers. Like, <laughs> I'm living with, like, 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds. Like, that's not... At this point, yeah. hopefully they can take care of themselves. Right, hopefully, exactly. Hopefully, one would assume. But, you know... Life is always surprising in college. So. so true. That's awesome. So next year, are you going to be, do you know where you're going to be living? Are you going to have a roommate? What is that going to be like? Yeah, so um, luckily enough, University of Maryland does have on-campus housing. So they just have like a part, like an apartment complex mm -hmm. that's just for um, University of Maryland grad students. Mm -hmm. um, and then they're also like, oh, and professors can live here. And I highly doubt that they do. <laughs> um so that's where I'm going to be living because I just thought that it would be a lot less stressful to like go like find an apartment when I don't know the area that well and like so I'm like a year of just student housing or college housing or whatever and then move on in the world gotcha. uh, once I know the area is better um but I'm going to be in an apartment with three other people that I don't know um, but the last time wow. I had a random roommate, it worked out really well. Shout out to MK, who is definitely not listening. Because <laughs> uh, she doesn't know that this is happening. The one time you had a stranger roommate. Yes. A long time ago. Well, that's incredible. And honestly, I think your skills as an RA has prepared you for this, more than prepared you to live I'm, with like, this. ready to pop in there with a roommate contract. <laughs> <laughs> Who's ready to sign? Yeah, like, hey, guys, so we're going to do the dishes every night. Because um, that, that really does drive me crazy. I don't like when people don't do their dishes. I, um, yeah, I understand what you mean. Okay, well, that's really cool. And I think we've definitely gotten a sense of, you know, your university academic life, I guess, here and in the future. That's really exciting. But, Drake, up to this point, we've made you seem a little bit sane. And let's be real. I'm that, not. That's not you. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> not to knock Drake at all. You're a wonderful person, but you are definitely unhinged. Yes, this is true. And honestly, it's just going to make today even more entertaining for all of the listeners, all yes. three of you. All three. <laughs> Shout out to you guys. So this is going to be like an insane question yeah. that is going to get like a lot of 
like, what's the word? Heat. And you're going to say, this is not true. And then you're going to explain all the reasons why it is true. So, Drake, why are you a communist? I am not a communist. Okay, so why are you a communist? So, I'm not a communist. (laughs) This is, I'm a specific type of communist. Mm -hmm. But I'm not, like, a communist in the traditional sense. So, when you think about communism, you think about Russia, right? I mean, one tends to usually go there. One tends to think about Russia. Um, And so what happened in Russia was that you had, what was it, like the Bolshevik Revolution? And, um, wow, it's been a while. I've said those words. They they excite you as your inner communist is coming out. Not my inner communist. Um, (laughs) But I always say that I'm worse than a communist, actually. Oh, um, great. Because I am worse. Um, But hopefully none of my future employers see this. (laughs) I'm sure they would. on the FBI's most wanted list. Um, I mean, are you, if you're planning to join the FBI, it might be time to, like, ditch the studio now. But if not, yeah. I feel like you'll be fine as a lawyer. I think it it'll be sh- great. It should be fine. Um, it'll, it'll work out. No one's going to find the show. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, definitely not a communist um, in the traditional sense of, like, like what happened in Russia with the Bolsheviks' revolution. Um, they... You know, they seize the means of production or whatever and um, overthrow the government, and then there's new people in power. And that's where communism goes wrong for me. Okay. okay. Is that they, instead of having um, just kind of, you know, the, the, the what Marx would say is the last step of like, um, you know, everyone lives in their happy little commune and we're vibing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's a part where there's a transition of power. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the proletariat rule, there's like a proletariat government. Um, that's that's exactly where it goes wrong. And that's why, in my opinion, communism has never worked because it always turns totalitarian because mm-hmm. they have a government figure who wants to have communism in place but also then gets corrupted by being in opposition to power. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's why I'm not a communist. Okay, I see what you're saying. But we also, like, have heard that through that description, you're like, yes, if communism was done perfectly, I would be a communist. So that's where I'm not a communist, and that's where I'm an anarchist. (laughs) Okay, I see what you're saying. You're saying communism by nature is not done perfectly, therefore I am not a communist, but... Right, and so technically I would identify as an Mm -hmm. anarcho-communist. In that, I am not a traditional communist... Because I think that there is a step that should entirely be skipped. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, um, I don't know, there's like certain government structures that I just don't agree with. And there's also a couple of things in communism that I don't agree with. Like, I think certain things that Marx says aren't entirely accurate. Um, I.e. that um, he had this weird thing where he uh, debated this anarchist. I don't remember the anarchist name. So sorry, babe. And um, he sort of goes on to say... Um, that like peasants should not be able to join the proletarian revolution. Okay. And I'm like, Marx, who are you to be classist? Like, what is <laughs> happening here? Why are you contradicting yourself? Like, mm-hmm. there's no. The math isn't mapping. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think there's also the part of like the ignorant masses. So I don't know if that has to do. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a philosophy major, as you are, but you know. Yeah, I think. I mean, I would like to think that the masses are smart. However, comma, they have proven time and time again that they are not. 
Um, and I think a lot of that just has to do with the government. I really do. Um, and also I mean, yeah. the media. Um, and so I, I have this t-shirt, actually, that I think exemplifies it perfectly. And um, it's this, like, uh, sort of parody political cartoon. Mm -hmm. um, and it's this, it's the media on one side and the government on the other side, and they're like puppets, and they're being held by, like, a bird. Mm -hmm. and so it's from Birds Aren't Real. Mm -hmm. And um, I really think that those two definitely work in tandem with each other. Do I think that birds are the center of it? No. But I do think that there's there's definitely a relationship between the two that, that and I really don't think it's too controversial to say, that, that, that that's um, where a lot of our misinformation gets from, and that's how a lot of control um, happens. Yes. I'm really sounding like a conspiracy theorist right now. No, I, I, I hear where you're coming from, and I'm not going to, you know, I bring other people on the show to, like, hear their inherent perspectives, not because I necessarily agree with them. And I'm not saying that you don't have any merit, because that's absolutely not the case. I think that a lot of times people will be dumbfounded and look at the world and say, why is it the way that it is? And I truly think that there's real intent behind why things are the way they are. Right. And when you're looking at the way that America is set up and the way that the, the power structures that may be, and you're saying, why is nothing being done? Because people are actively doing things every day to make sure that they stay the way that they are. Right. And somebody is happy by this being in place. And you know what? Let's just, I just encourage all to do some investigative work and really just try to find the root of problems. Right. Is so. That, one of the things my, my philosophy professor um, said in our critical race theory class was just like, we have to make things weird to see why they're weird. Mm -hmm. Like, because so many things are so weird once you think about them. Like, what is money? <laughs> <laughs> Who made money? Um, but also, like, what is, like, what is race? Like, mm -hmm. why is that a thing that matters? Yeah. And, like, you gotta think about it. You gotta be like, oh, wait, race is kind of weird to, like, really investigate the structure of why it is the way it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's definitely all food for thought, and I think that, you know, college inevitably in and of itself is a great place to find the discovery, and that is one of my peeves, is when people will be compliant and just say, you know what, or complacent, sorry, <laughs> complacent, and be like, this is, you know, not really doing that work. And I think, Drake, of all people, you have definitely done your research, done your due diligence, and I think your opinions are still forming, which is a great thing. Keeping that open mind, um, it's awesome. But My opinions change all the time. That's awesome. It's good, though, because you're keeping an open mind and realizing that, hey, maybe what you have in mind isn't, like, the perfect idealized world, but we all should have that. We all should know that, like, hey, these are my opinions right now, but maybe, like, it's not the way that things are, you know? And maybe if, like, that allowed more people to have discussion, we would be able to, like, see things through a different point of view. And anyway, this is right. getting convoluted. But what I want to ask you is the idea of, like, political discourse in everyday life. You know, we've kind of gotten a little bit political on the show. And do you think that where we are in, like, just generalized culture, are we being political enough? Do we need to be more political? Is it, what, where are we at with this? I think people are being political in the wrong ways. Mm -hmm. um, I think that people who are extremely engaged in politics, um, like American politics, a lot of times are either like full Republican or full Democrat and they're like the, the Republican Party is headed towards extremism like religious extremism sorry Republicans who are listening but that's the truth um, it just like it's it's bonkers like there's infighting like I don't know and so they they kind of like identify like oh you know like 
oh, you know, like, I think, you know, gay people are fine, but, like, you know, my party says no, so I'm just gonna, like, vote for my party. Like, I can't go against them. Like, or, you know, the Democrats are, are total centrist. And, um, you know, here's Drake spewing her political beliefs. Um, it's all right. But, like, you know, it's like, like, a lot of times, you know, people don't investigate. Like, they either think they're right and that the other side is, like, totally, or any other side is totally wrong. Mm -hmm. um, or they just don't care. Mm -hmm. um, and there's there's danger to both things. Um, I really just don't think that the, the two-party system is um, conducive to real political discourse that matters and actually has a good effect on the people. Um, because a lot of people just pick their team and they run with it. And they don't care to investigate the problems with their team. Mm -hmm. And I do think that's also a, a part, though, for some people that it's a sticking point. Because there is that cognitive dissonance of, like, I do identify with this mostly, but I do also inevitably have problems with what I'm identifying. Why does it have to be all one or all the other? And so I think that's a whole other thing because we're also, like, polarization, separating the two, making them two extremely different things. And then in and of itself, how are we... First of all, there's no way that either of those are going to be all completely right because what really is human-made completely perfect, right? So how do we bridge that gap? And we're not really providing space to do that. But how do you think we need to, like, in terms of, like, day-to-day -day conversation, do you think that it's okay for people to be, like... I mean, Drake, you're one of those people who are just not unafraid to say their opinions. Like, you are just out there, and I think that's great. Do you think people need to be more like that so we can hopefully bridge that gap? What do you, what do you suggest? That's a good question. Um, I've honestly been trying to be less out there because I want a job and not to be on the FBI's most wanted list. Um, Comedy. Because if I were more out than I actually am, um, there, there would be consequences for my actions. Um, but I don't know. I think if we talk about politics in the way that most people talk about politics, it gets really defensive and heated really fast mm -hmm. um and i think that people are most likely to just stick with the thing that they've been fed and so you know if i'm like you know i've been born and raised my whole life let's say thinking communism is terrible and so anything that someone calls communist i'm gonna be like wow this is the worst mm -hmm. and like Maybe let's take a step back and think that thought again. Like, first of all, why do you think communism is bad? Secondly, well, and, and then you can say Russia, China, and then I can say, you know, like, that wasn't actually communist. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, like, this, this thing is labeled as conservative, therefore bad. And it's like, maybe it isn't. Can I think of examples? Not right now. But, um, <laughs> you know, maybe it's not necessarily bad. Um, yeah, so, so, in everyday life, I guess, being political in the sense of, like, government, um, and having those discussions may not be extremely conducive to our lives, because it's just going to lead to arguments and more polarization. Um, but I think if people approach the conversations differently and would approach politics differently, I think it could be a good thing. And so I think the first step 
would probably be just to think about both sides critically, think about what you might actually agree with, like really diversify your sources, read a book, um, <laughs> you know, which a lot of people don't know how to do these days. Um, you know, completely try to get media, i.e. Fox News, CNN, the other ones. Um, don't, I don't watch the news. Um, you know, get them out of there. Go to, like, I'm not going to say read theory everyone, but I am going to say, like, do some digging on, like, what political systems work and what you might actually agree with, just completely blank slate. See what it looks like on paper, see how you think it might be implemented, and see if the implementations that actually happened did work or didn't work, then investigate why or why not. Um, and if that's actually the thing that, that it was supposed to be. Um, think about how we got here, think about who's in power, think about why they're in power. Like, we have had one black president. That's really bad. Like, that's really bad. Yeah. Um, no women either. No women. Um, Which I think would solve a lot of problems, in my opinion, but that's just me. Countries with women who lead do very well, um, from my knowledge. But yeah. it's just like, think deeper and think critically and don't take everything as the truth mm -hmm. and find what the truth might be for yourself. Right, and I don't think that everyone's going to arrive at the same answer, even if they have all right. of the same sources. I think our own personal experiences have a lot to do with that. But in essence, if we can provide space for somebody like you've described yourself to be as one who cannot be out there with your full-fledged opinions, um, hopefully you f feel comfortable at this space. You know, we might be diving into you as a communist, but that, I mean, you're not a communist. I don't think inherently that's bad. I don't want you to feel like I'm attacking you in any way. And hopefully this space is, like, not that world, outside world. I just want to hear why you are the way you are, and I'm not inherently judging you. Lots of people wonder why I am the way I am. And I just, I hope that the world could be more like that, you know, where we could just at least invite other people's opinions, not necessarily to agree with them, but just to hear them out and hear what they have to say and maybe reflect on our own opinions and say, hmm, maybe there's something about that that's not exactly what I thought it was before because of this new piece of evidence that's been brought in. Right. So, like, just even if there's there's things that you're hearing that you agree with, like, actually investigate if they're factual. Mm -hmm. Or yeah. like, like some people have like statistics and they're like, you know, whatever percent of this is this, and it's like, okay, like, what sample did you take from? Who are they? How long ago was this? this? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what what does this actually mean? It's like, just think critically. Don't take everything as the truth. Like. It does sound very conspiracy theoristy, but like, you know, there is truth out there. Mm -hmm. There is, and some sources do tell the truth. Yeah. And there's some people who, you know, and there's lots of issues that are multifaceted. Like, there's not just one singular, like, this is, you know, the actual, like, for some things, there's not one singular, oh, this is the, like, there's a lot of gray area in life um, that we should investigating and open to a lot more um, you know and lead with love <laughs> that's the other thing just don't like if you're trying to take away people's rights you're probably on the wrong side 
that's it. Like, <laughs> no. So, yeah. No, I think that definitely parts of ourselves are defensive by nature. And we're like, yeah. I don't want to p- prove or say that I'm wrong. You know, so we, like, stick to our guns and, like, what we know so as not to come off as, like, being stupid or not knowing things. But I think that if we open ourselves up to be vulnerable and say, hey, maybe I didn't know that, you seem to know a lot about that. Let me learn from you. Yes. It is so Could cool help to a lot. not know things. <laughs> it is so okay to not know things. I know, like, maybe two things. And... <laughs> that's fine people know three things and i'm like oh my god what's the third thing and that's okay (laughs) we do come into this world as just a blob a blank slate and we're i mean even if you're looking at yourself 21 years old that is incredibly young and i think that we put too much pressure on ourselves even after college even after graduating to say i should know everything because i don't think we ever know everything and so if we can admit that to ourselves maybe that's one step closer to admitting that to other people and therefore continuing the learning process which is a lifelong journey exactly so, anyway, I think this is definitely, maybe the right word wouldn't be political, but more philosophical in a way, because I know you're a philosophy major, and I think it's just interesting to have these type of, I don't know, thought conversations on the day-to-day, because you definitely do. I definitely do. Um, yeah, I think about these things a lot more than most people. Not as like a, oh my god, I'm smarter than you think, but as a like, oh my god, can my brain stop thinking for three minutes type of thing. Well, we're all different in our own unique ways, and I think that it's awesome that you are who you are because I've never met anybody like you, and I think that's an awesome thing. I think we should strive to be more like that, of, like, let's truly lean into who we are as ourselves, be authentic in ourselves, because we can pretend to be that same carbon copy, cut out, whatever type of person that's floating around the world, but then we're doing a disservice by not providing our true skill sets and, you know, doing our good deeds. So, yeah, Drake... I, I think this has definitely been um, an interesting conversation. And I don't know. When are you going to start your podcast? Because we've talked about, you know, something like Drake-isms or something like that. So I actually thought about starting a podcast with my wifey, Catherine, um, who's not actually my wife, but we are going to get married for, for tax purposes. Invite me to the wedding in the courtroom. We'll do, we'll do. Um, she thinks that we're going to have a sheep farm. We are not. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, was it going to be goats? Mountain goats? I think it should be. Okay. I told her I was okay with goats, and she was like, no. And I'm like, but you can make, like, goat milk, like, you know, lotion Churn the cheese. I don't know. Yes. Okay. Goat cheese okay. is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I love a good salad with goat cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we, we have discussed it and it hasn't happened yet but maybe one day it will okay or maybe your own manifesto a manifesto would be great (laughs) i could do a manifesto good to know and would that kind of include some of the things we've talked about today or do you have like a general thesis you think you would work towards the general thesis would be literally just let people live like why care so much Mm -hmm. when you could just not Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is interesting but I know. It's like everyone's just so concerned with other people's lives, and it's like, mm-hmm. just stop. Mm-hmm. Just stop. Mm-hmm. Just, who cares? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'd be very interested to read that, and I think that after this conversation, maybe the three listeners will as well. Yes, hopefully. 2030, come into a bookstore near you, maybe? 2030? It's so long. <laughs> so long? You're ready to start today? Yes. Well, it's going to take like, time to find publishers. Yeah. Unless you're self-published. Weeks, like, like Jack Kerouac. 
So it's already a Google document that's just waiting for the printers. Yes. The yep. printing press has already been invented. The work's done for you. <laughs> so true. I'm just going to, like, go with my Microsoft Word document. I'll print it out and post it around the school. I'm sure everyone would love that. Drake's manifesto. Yeah. Or what would you dub your theory? I, mm, that's a great question. Oh, I'm going to have to sit on that a bit. Because, I mean, Drakeisms has something to it. It does. Does it have the thing to it? I don't know. We don't know. I don't know. It will be revealed by the end, and I'm excited to see. I'll just know it when I see the book. I'll be like, that's it! A trailer for it, and then the title is going to show at the end. And it's just going to be by Drake. That's it. Yep. Drake, Drake. Just Drake. Drake, Just Drake. Drake. Just Drake. Yep. Drake, in parentheses, not the rapper. (laughs) (laughs) Good to know. Good to know. Um, Okay, Drake. Thank you for this very interesting conversation. We're coming to the end of our time. Is there anything that you just want the world to know? Right here, right now. I think the world should know that hippos produce their own type of sunscreen, and it looks like blood. The way that they do it is they kind of excrete this substance and, um, you know, it, it acts as a, a, a layer of sunscreen and it has UV protection. And when they go in the water, it's like an oil. So when they go in the water, it doesn't, you know, get off of them because, you know, oil and water don't mix. Um, so it, it, it's waterproof. That is really, really cool. That is fascinating. Thank you for sharing that very fun fact with us to close out our show. <laughs> of course. You know, All I right. thought I should stay relevant. This is so relevant. <laughs> Um, but thank you so much for coming on today. This has been truly exciting. Thank you for having me. This has been great. I really enjoyed it. And it's it's definitely something different than we've done before, which I love. I love this. I'm so grateful. Aww. So to our listeners, thank you for in- sticking along and listening to the show. We appreciate you. And, um, yeah, we're always Tuesday 1 to 2 p.m. So come back next week if you can. If not, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Sorry, Drake, that's where you'll be. Um, Good to know. (laughs) But that's it for today. So bye for now, pals. It's Val signing off, and I'll see you next time. Bye.